0: Vince. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Hello everyone, what is up? It's me, Ewan, and welcome to a new installment of the We Love Dad Movies podcast in the last part of our Shane Black season. Yes, Merry shane Miss for the last time in 2022. Feeling emotional, but We've got a good one to end the year out with here because I got Dan Gremer to watch The Long Kiss Goodnight for the first time. So I'm just going to sit back and relax and listen to him freak the fuck out of how great that movie is. So, yes, please, everyone, welcome Mr. Dan Gremer.
1: Ban now, 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 now. Doing a podcast with you and Ban
0: now, 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 (laughs) now.
1: We're talking about The Long Kiss Goodnight. (laughs)
0: It's really fucking good. <laughs> um, we're gonna oh. say
1: lots of lines that they said in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. Could you? Uh, I'm not. But actually, no, I'm going to dive in. Could, when I when I teased in, in the last Boy Scout, the villain, the villain moment that I <laughs> love the most. Did, did you? Did you? Did you get it? Oh yeah, it, it, it's uh, well, I don't know actually, because there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, there are a lot of good ones, but the the one that I was mentioning in the episode of the Last Boy Scout, which you should all go back and listen to if you if you if you haven't already, um, was the, the the villain the villain one-liner where the henchman gets killed oh. at the end. <laughs> yes, okay. and he's he's dying, and he goes on the radio like, "I'm dying, I'm bleeding,
1: I'm dying," and then Timothy just goes, "Continue dying." So this this movie because we. We talked about The Last Boy Scout last, and I feel like we've been wanting to talk about The Long Kiss Goodnight for like ages, because when Mm. you said, hey, let's do The Last Boy Scout, I'm going to do a little behind the curtain here, if you don't mind. But when we did The Last Boy Scout... Expose all my secrets. (laughs) (laughs) No no one will ever see you the the same way again. (laughs) (laughs) When we did The Last Boy Scout, you were like, well, I'm going to get you to The Long Kiss Goodnight as well, because this was one we talked about a few times that I'd never seen, and is a movie I think we both knew would be very much my shit. Mm -hmm. And spoiler alert, it is my shit. Um, and then we had that and then two weeks later we had the podcast ready to do I got the movie then delayed you a day because I forgot I'd made plans to go watch Santa beat up John Leguizamo <laughs> so that that, uh, that pushed things back then yesterday we had my Amazon delivery arrive and mm-hmm. uh, to quote the man who dropped it off at my house, the man who had had it dropped off at his house when it shouldn't have been, uh, he said I think they've ran it over <laughs> So <laughs> thankfully the disc worked. So I watched that last night and I was like, this rules. I'm in a better mood now. And then it's now quarter past ten at night after I just got home from work. I've delayed you so much. So the content, I sincerely apologise on con- it.
0: Well, no, it's like the content doesn't sleep. You know, and neither do no. I. And, you know, Jeff Bezos will be hearing from our best team about <laughs> the state of the Blu-ray that arrived in, folks. Honestly, it's a crime scene. It's it's a it's, it's a moider. It's terrible. I couldn't believe it. You showed me it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Because the yeah, thing about yeah, "Long yeah. Kiss Goodnight" is right. It's a bit of a cult movie. Like it didn't do that well at the box office. It has it obviously has a big a big a big following online. um But the movie doesn't exist on streaming services, and this no, is the I, movie yeah. that um like even to rent in the UK at least. So this was this was the film that. Really convinced
1: me to shirk my streaming service malaise. Sure? So I was like, I'm yeah, going to yeah. buy the Blu-ray and own it. And then, dude, I was yeah. so happy that you gave me just an excuse to buy a new Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really liked this movie a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a
0: real beaut. I rewatched it on Sunday, so this is my second time watching it. First time, me and Zan watched it together, and like we both just adored it because the movie goes hard, folks. The movie goes really, really hard. It might go harder than any other Shane Black movie. And that's not to say that it's my favourite Shane Black movie. But in terms of, of of the set pieces, the action, you know, Rennie Harlan directed this, who you may remember directed Die Hard Two, Die Harder, which is one of the best movie titles ever. Um and the action <laughs> just goes up at a whole other layer, Like the the lail? A whole other layer. Um the, the gunfights are so much more kinetic. Um it has one of the most ridiculous explosions in movie history. I'm not talking about oh, the, incredible. The, the the weird grenade one, because it does have a weird grenade oh, explosion I assume this, you are talking about the grenade. But, oh, no, no, I'm talking about the final explosion. Oh, which, yeah. Which goes insane. on and on, and you think, oh, that's the explosion done now,
1: and then it just keeps going. <laughs> it's so... The, and the the biggest thing, the like, the action's really good. The, the cast is great. Dude, the dialogue in this movie is incredible. Yeah, hell yeah. The, the the like we spent a lot of time talking about the last Boy Scout about like what I kept referring to as the zingers about the lines <laughs> that are in there. The one liners is probably a better way to describe it. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, it's a very funny movie. It's
0: it's, it's it might be it might be oh, it's up there with the nice guys. is, is to me like Black's funniest script. Yeah. Like for sure, there's so yeah. many lines that
1: just hit so well.
0: There's like the dialogue as well, and then there's a lot of great visual humor, like Samuel Jackson's character Mitch being forced to wear all of Brian Cox's like '70s outfits for like most of the movie, <laughs> and just kind of walking around the most hilarious like '70s private detective get-ups ever, um, which is great, you know. And, and Samuel Jackson is part of why this movie is, is yeah
1: so he is the heart and soul of this for me this is top tier sam jackson mm-hmm. this is it's one, one of his favorite, favorite movies you know it really it's one of my favorites that at least it's one of my favorite performances that i've ever seen and i've seen a lot of sam jackson movies but he's uh, he's a whole new whole new level of great in this one
0: yeah he's there's a layer of vulnerability that we get from his performance in this that we don't always see um for a lot of slj movies um i'm particularly you know, like the the whole we'll get into it but there's the, a the big unifying theme for me in the long kiss good night like a lot of other black movies are about family but this one more so and i'm gonna get into my little thematic analysis of it later because i, I do have a read about this movie and and parenthood and identity um, but for those who haven't seen The Long Kiss Goodnight, first of all, what, what are you doing? doing? You should go and watch <laughs> it. You should go track down the Blu-ray that is personally smashed by Jeff Bezos each time it's get, it gets ordered because it unearths a load of intelligence community secrets. That's the reason yeah, why he's doing this, it. It's part of the experience. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, all you really need to know is that, um, so directed by Reddy Harlan, written by Shane Black, stars Gina Davis, um, as Samantha Kane who is we are introduced to her at the beginning of the movie. She is an amnesiac school teacher. Um so she says that a few years ago, I think it's like eight years ago, I think she says. Yeah, like I think it's eight, eight eight years ago, she woke she was found upon a beach, uh, with no memory of her previous life. And in the eight years since she's been building a new life as a school teacher in a cold part of the country. I forget whereabouts she's living. Pennsylvania. So she's in Pennsylvania. That's not Christmas that cold. Time. but it's in Christmas time. You know, she's she's like doing all sorts of homely, teacher things, you know? Like, she's she's kind of got a bit of an allure and mystique about her because people are aware of her backstory as having, you know, amnesia. And she, like, teases the kids about it, where, like, they're at her daughter's, like... um <clears throat> I see the thing as well, she wakes up and she's pregnant. So she has a daughter who she's raised for eight years now as well. Doesn't know who the father is, but she is going out with with the nicest guy ever in a Shane Black movie. The
1: most understanding
0: man in the world. The loveliest dude. Like you know you know in Futurama where they go to the uh, the candy factory and it's like for <laughs> Valentine's Day and they have the two mesh men and one of them is going is like, "Oh, you've got nice cans." And the other one is like, "My two favorite things about myself. Oh, my two favorite things are um are listening and changing myself. <laughs> and then she starts, like, <laughs> making out with the wire mesh. Uh, that's what this guy is. He's the most brilliant,
1: loving partner ever. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of guys, when uh, one-eyed Jack broke into the house and starts shooting their kids oh, with a shotgun, like, Jack. oh, fucking
0: me and, me and the kid are out of here. Yeah, exactly. What a great guy. But yeah, so she's basically, you know, she has amnesia. She's been hiring private detectives to try and figure out what her past life was. Um, And at a Christmas party, things take an unpredictable turn. First of all, she's caught on the news at the Santa parade and this guy in the prison discovers who she is. We're introduced to um, SLJ's character, Mitch, who is a kind of like cheaper PI. He's out there hiring um, homeless people to be his like cop stand-ins and um, stuff like that. Um, But she's caught on the TV, which which invokes the ire of one guy in prison. Um, and the p i s make a discovery at the same time, discovering an older dress that had her old stuff in uh and she's involved in the car accident in involving again like Za's told me I need to talk about this, so when they watched this when they were they they caught a tiny bit of the long kiss good night on t v like we're talking like fifteen you know probably even longer than that ago like when when they were very very young yeah. uh and the bit where um samantha crashes into the deer on the road and then breaks its neck (laughs) that like that was like a a, oh i shouldn't be watching this moment um for them but yeah like that kind of reawakens her backstory and slowly but surely we get introduced to charlie um
1: who is the well what samantha kane was before all of this charlie baltimore Can we just go back to that car crash because it's got my favourite line in the entire movie in it? Yeah, go on. Do you know the line I'm on about? It's it's is the line the uh the line where she's in the car with uh I think his name's Hal and he's like really drunk and he's putting his arms out and he's pissing her off and she says um she says something like Hal, can you just do me a favour while you're talking and every few words like a few bubbles come out of your mouth and say and go kick yeah (laughs) yeah she's so charming in this she's so like I
0: love i love charlie and i love samantha um they're just both they're both so funny
1: and they get lots of great one-liners and they're totally different characters too so you kind of yeah you never confuse which one you're watching
0: but the revelation that we get from we have this great dream sequence where she's in the hospital recovering from this car crash where you know it's quite a horrific moment for her and um she's like stood on a cliff and there's a mirror and in it, we see like this blonde haired version of her with like eye shadow. And it's like, I'm coming back. And that's Charlie. And so surely, we learn that Samantha, before before she wound up on that beach with amnesia and decided to become a school teacher and raise a, a nice kid with, with this most pleasant man. Um, she was an assassin for the CIA,
1: um,
0: <laughs> which is now leading to all sorts of problems because she's meant to be dead.
1: <laughs> It's it's so uh, it's so well paced in how it reveals those bits of the plot to you, the like her identity and what she was doing and who she was looking looking for and everything like that. It's I I, I really like I never felt bored watching this movie, because like, at any time that there's always a new reveal or a great character building scene or an action sequence. It, it, Shane Black is, and I said this on Twitter last night and there was a little sort of conversation between a few of us that was just on about how no one does dialogue between its lead characters I think better than Shane Black mm. apart from maybe the Predator that's that's the only <laughs> kind of one where we go yeah he kind of fucked up there a little bit yeah Predator's a weird one because it feels like it's a Shane Black parody
0: like it felt like you know how like the MCU tries to imitate that kind of quirky vibe
1: and gets yeah, it wrong because yeah. it's too snarky that's what the Predator was to me it felt kind of yeah like, Shane Black got his own vibe wrong yeah but, yeah but, when he's hitting, like in this, or The Last Boy Scout, or The Nice Guys, which I I think I've mentioned on three podcasts in a row now, <laughs> um, he, he, he's he's among the best to ever do it when it comes to the action movie scene.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, and, and the one thing that I always come back to is that even though I find his scripts really funny, they always hit me emotionally right in the kisser. Um, and The Long Kiss Goodnight is no exception. There is stuff here, like I'm not a parent, um, but I imagine this will probably hit harder for people who are parents because a lot of the themes that... My reading of this movie, I was going to wait to reveal this later, but my reading of this is that we have this amnesiac character, Samantha, um, and she loses her sense of identity when she has her child. You know, she becomes someone else. She becomes someone else as she raises this child, you know, and her past life is alien to her and I think there's maybe an interesting discussion there about how maybe some parents almost destroy who they were before they had a child to become you know like um maybe not destroy but in the sense that it's like when, when you have a kid I imagine that is like so much of your life is devoted to looking after and raising this child and it feels like to me that Long Kiss Goodnight is about reconciling maybe some of the that you can't get rid of that person who you were before, and if you do, that breeds resentment. And then the trick is to embrace both sides and carry that with you. Like it, it can't, it can't be one or the other. Ch- you know, Charlie has to accept both sides of her to be the best parent that she can be. Uh, and and I, I love Mitch's role in her coming to that discovery because on his end, you know, he's. He's just so unlucky, and 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 when he looks at, at, at Charlie slash Samantha, she has the family that he the family unit that he wishes. Because for those who don't know, Mitch PI um, went to prison for a while because he stole some bonds from the evidence locker. a when he back when he was a police officer, I think in Atlanta, I think he said, um, I think he "Is yeah, yeah." And he gets sentenced to prison for a while. He comes back out, becomes a PI, but he's estranged from his his. His ex-wife, uh, who doesn't like him being around his kid, um, and that scene where he tries to give his his son the toy, like it's so it's so heartbreaking because he's trying to yeah. he's, he's trying to mask his heartbreak with humor and laughing it all off and stuff. But that, but again, like I feel like when when we are introduced to Charlie, and she is like ready to burn her entire life as Samantha away, you know, Mitch is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You don't know how lucky you are, you know. Like you can't resent Samantha. Like Samantha is part of who you are now.
1: Yeah, and he, she's it's always like that. been there to a degree.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's in fact they have they have that line, don't they? He's like, um, he says, like, "Are you sure that that Samantha? Are you, sure that, are you sure that Samantha was just a cover story?" I think is what he says. Um, yeah, and I love yeah. I love for me the the longest good night. This could be a very basic reading for all I know. I think it probably is. Um, I, the, I mean, it's more complicated than I took, so but, but the read that I got from it is that it's very much about, you know, assuming a new identity after becoming a parent and reconciling the two halves that you had, the life before and the life you have after. Which is you know, again, I'm I'm coming at this from from not having a child. But no, that's I mean, definitely I either, so. Yeah,
1: so that's but that's kind of the the vibe I got from it. But I kind of love that with movies like this because you can really take that reading from it. You can take other readings from it about identity and acceptance or, or, or you know, you can look at things like the corruption of government and stuff like that if you want oh, to. Oh, there's some great foreshadowing in here. <laughs> but you can also, what I love about them is sometimes when you're in the right mood, you can just go, this is a badass action movie and mm-hmm. I'm having a really fun time. And I, I love movies like that that can play both sides that... You can watch it and take this really deep meaning from it, or you can watch it and just go, fuck this rules. Yeah, this I mean it does it does both example. of
0: those exceptionally well. Like, I don't think there is a villain death that goes harder than the one we get at the end. Like I, I, I had one that came to mind when you said this. But yeah. I, yeah. You, we'll it's we'll up there. We'll, get, we'll we'll get to that. So where we left off with our synopsis, um, you know, it was she's she basically, when she's at home, she's discovering her natural reflexes again. She's starting to chop vegetables like a like a madman. She thinks she might be a chef. Throws a knife at a board to ca- impale a tomato. Uh, I was
1: terrified a finger was coming after him. Oh, scene.
0: God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, wh- what's his name? One-Eyed, One-Eyed Mitch, is it? One-eyed, One-Eyed Jack. One-Eyed Jack. I don't know why I thought Mitch. Mitch is, Mitch is Sam Jackson. Of course it is. I'm getting my names <laughs> wrong. This is what, this is your fault, it's half ten. But yeah, one, One-Eyed Jack shows up holding a bunch of carolers hostage um, and then busts his way in and we get the best kind of imp- improvisational you know fight scene it's also very brutal there are some elements of comedy to it where she's kind of like you know the the moves are slowly coming back to her but there are a few genuine moments of peril there where it's like oh dear god
1: this man hates this person he comes in with a what i can only assume is a half shotgun half grenade launcher with the size (laughs) of the hole it takes out of that that wall um yeah it's it's cool because like they, they they pace the fight really well in that she kind of doesn't quite know how to fight by the beginning at the beginning of it, but then you see her like picking up these little moves that she's remembered as she goes throughout this throughout this fight in his in her kitchen. Um the the there's a really great bit where she like I think he goes to shoot her and she kicks off a bin or something like that and goes sliding across the floor. Yeah. I love little flourishes like that in action sequences. And
0: then the coup de grace, Looney tunes moment with the the pie in the face. That pie <laughs> looked good too. It looked good. I mean, she didn't let it all go to waste. You know, <laughs> she's got, she She just becomes a little bit of a
1: gremlin afterwards. Just there licking the pie goo. <laughs> there's the bit where, there's the, her bit where she like, he blows, he, she, the kid's on the stairs. <laughs> he the kid out. He blows a hole in the wall, which is why I was like, what good is this? And then she throws the kid out of the house into the treehouse perfectly. You and I clapped. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Of course you did. Cause it's amazing.
1: <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was. It, it, I, I, it, it does a really good job of those like badass moments, just little, little stupid moments that just make you sort of clap and cheer and, and fist pump. And this, I think this fight did. Be an you did that the that Hugh Grant blast. thing. You did. You did the Hugh, <laughs> not Hugh
0: Grant. Richard E. Grant. I'm getting my Grants confused. Yeah, yeah. I'm off the game tonight. This is what. I what was, can I say?
1: I was Nicole Kidman in the Odeon advert, just staring at the, the bright screen, looking at me in wonder. <laughs> It was uh it, it was great the um the, the this is this is she this is where she meets Mitch as well right yes this is the bit where she meet she meets Mitch um
0: because he they get a tip off prior about um about the house where she had all the luggage at um so yeah that's
1: that's where they meet for the first time and they go they go to um they're looking through the books aren't they and they find uh. I didn't know Brian Cox was in this yes and he's great in this he's so Brian oh my Cox god fantastic in this right
0: so they're on the road right they're getting to know each other this is where the buddy the buddy element comes in the typical buddy element of a Shane black script too, yeah. um they're getting to know each other and Mitch is kind of like uh you know kind of and then, and then she's all like ooh I'm <laughs> she's swearing and, and then Mitch is like because a few hours ago you were all going oh fooey." <laughs> yeah so basically as they're going through all their old luggage she comes across um there's the old postcard which they speculate might have been you know the father of a child the person that she was in love with because the the postcard mentions something about being engaged and they also um managed to track down a different phone number and they call it and brian cox answers uh and this is one of the funniest bits of the movie right so he's at the dinner table which what i can only assume is
1: his mum um, I, I, yeah, did, well, no, he calls her by her first name though. So I was like, yeah, this is maybe he's mom? just sick of her is shit. Though? His wife? Does he just live with this old lady? Like, <laughs> maybe I think
0: I think it must be a, a relative um, or something. Um, this but but is sh- Yeah, maybe she she's got like a dog and it's licking around. It, it's, li- it's, it's licking. It's looking its own asshole for a while. And like, she's like, he's like, is it Mary or something? He's like, Mary. That dog. I think it's Alice. It's, Alice. That dog has been doing that for 4 hours now whatever that was there is either lodged so far it can't be gotten or has long since disappeared or something like that and i
1: love it it's so, so it's such funny. a good introduction to that character just like grumpy old guy and i think that's the funny part also is like you can't figure out who he's with and i think part of that is the fact that Brian Cox has looked 60 for 30 years yes he did he did he was 50 in this movie yeah okay yeah so, oh wow he's like only in like his 40s in Manhunter then Manhunter yeah. is the only movie anything of like that I've seen of him where he looks young because everything mm. else I've seen of him has been like the 90s the 2000s and now he does Succession and he just looks like an old man the whole time
0: yeah yeah but yeah we have that and you know they call him and, and he's like like you're you know you're a, he's like you gotta come in you gotta, you gotta meet me you know you're I think they mention I think I think he mentions to her that, that she's an assassin at that point. I can't remember whether they, they wait to get to the train station to reveal that info. Yeah, she um, tries to get him to say her full name. Yes. Um, but yeah, they agree to meet. Um, they go to the train station. This is also where we meet uh, the villains of the piece, which is Perkins, who is this uh, CIA... Um, not director, but he is a... Um, he's a member of the CIA. Yeah. Um, and then Timothy, who um yeah is it timothy it is timothy yeah, it's yes timothy because i was
1: laughing at how un scary that yeah not a word a that thoroughly a, the most
0: gorgeous man by the way the most ridiculously gorgeous man which I, I feel is deliberate like he is he is meant to be charlie's like spy rival yeah uh, he's kind of
1: got he's kind of got some leading man looks for yeah well, i think that's
0: deliberate. And... you know in any other movie you'd maybe look at him and think oh maybe he would have been the charismatic hero you know, but, lo- but yeah, a love interest. Either. But in this, he's a sadistic knife wielding fucker. Like he's 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 even got the sicko knife from well, an element of the knife from Cobra. You know, he's he, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> that has. bit we, we 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 first meet this guy torturing this dude, and he's like, "Oh, please don't kill me with the knife. Just use the gun." And what does he do? He uses the knife. He uses the knife. He's so evil. Yeah. Um, he's- but yeah, we kind of basically discover that the CIA, um, they meet, I love the president just has a casual role in this as well. So they're there at the White House, <laughs> and like he's like, like this oh, oh Ch- uh, Charlie Baltimore is back alive. And he's like, you CIA fucks, letting your sleeper agents go AWOL. <laughs> ah, I'm your budget's going towards healthcare. Ah. And they're like, well, guess she's going to die then. So at that point on, the remnants of the CIA, not the remnants, but a, a, a faction within the CIA, um, which has now allied itself with some terrorist friends, are out to kill Charlie. And we'll get to the conspiracy later, but that's kind of where we first
1: discovered the plot. It's a pretty simple plot, though. They just do a really good job at pacing it out and, and making a few, few little reveals here. Like, it's not like kind of sp- some, some spy movies get very complicated and there's a lot of double crosses and things like that. And- this does a few things like that here and there, but it knows that... It knows that its audience are kind of there for the banter and the action and the... It, it, it just knows it knows what it is. Shane Black knows the kind of movies that his audience like. I'm curious. When I first watched this the other year,
0: I got Big Born vibes from it. I was like, oh my God, this is so, like... Borny. And obviously the Bourne novels came out in, like, the, what, the 70s, I oh, think? Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, it was the Bourne Identity was, I think, like, 2001, 2000. Well, the, the, yeah, the the, the 19, 1980 was the original Bourne Identity novel. So there were, like, interesting overlaps here between, you know, a person who wakes up with amnesia has, you know, got a past as an
1: assassin and the people that they used to work for and now trying to kill them.
0: I just thought it was interesting because I felt like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, my mind didn't go there, but I think that says more about me than the movie because I think I totally get that parallel. Um, it, it kind of had that kind of... I was thinking of a lot of movies like that were around at a similar time, but it was kind of a better version of them, like The Specialist, which, I, I mean, that's not a good one. It's not a good movie, but... It, it, yeah, kind of there was... That kind of genre of action spy movie in the nineties, which it very much felt like it was doing, just a, a an elevated version of, I guess. Hmm. Um, it, it's do they go going back to part? Is this is this where they go to meet Luke? Yeah, they they go to the train station at this point. Oh yeah, sorry. So yeah, we were at the train station. Another absolute cracker of a line in the train station scene. You know, you got another one I'm on about it's after the train station Uh, Brian Brian Cox delivers the second best line of the movie which is so just to run through it they get to the train station they think they're meeting Brian Cox the guy tries to kill them they kill him shoot their way out uh, against some bad guys there's the most fiery grenade of all time, the <laughs> most ridiculous grenade. I thought a of bad you grenade, you klaxon. <laughs> you mentioned when we did Cobra about how you how you, you kind of love and hate grenades that blow up like dynamite. This grenade blows up like a nuclear bomb. <laughs> it's, it's, it's enormous. Uh, but when they jump out of the window, Brian Cox picks them up, and I absolutely loved this line where Sam Jackson goes, uh, Mitch goes we just jumped out of a building. And Brian Curtis goes, yes, and it was very exciting. Tomorrow we'll go to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't the best bit from that exchange.
0: My favourite bit from that exchange. It's my favourite. It's where he hands a handgun to to Charlie and then um, he just pulls another one out and Mitch is like, damn, why are you getting all those guns? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, one in my garter, one in my leg and one in my crotch. And he's like, your crotch? It's like, yeah, CIA agents are reluctant to feel another man's like, <laughs> into the area or something. It's so funny because I fully buy that Brian Cox's character in this movie has done the most like is a is a badass. shady as shit. Like as well, like yeah. he's like he's an expert killer. But <laughs> he it it's so funny because like he's the most unintimidating guy. But when <laughs> when he goes into spy mode, I'm like, ooh, I kind of I kind of feel I kind of buy it, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, the first scene you see him in, he's he's like eating dinner, yelling at her old lady and watching, I think, The Three Stooges. Yes, yeah. Oh, there's also lots of good, there's lots of good TV bits in this. I forgot
0: to mention when, when they're at the motel and Charlie, Samantha assembles the sniper rifle for the first time and um, Mitch is watching the long goodbye the on, yes. on the tv and it's got like the john williams song where it's like the you long goodbye. yeah it's <laughs> it's a great movie it's a wonderful movie i love that kerry brand cat food bit and it's just great because like i feel like if you look at my letterbox watch list for the past four weeks it's been the long the long goodbye the last boy scout the long kiss good night it's like it's People very it. yeah it's very funny like i feel like um the long kiss, it feels that the title was probably inspired by the long goodbye, which is why they put this in here. And obviously, you know the lead character in the long goodbye, Philip Marlowe, private eye detective. Mitch, long Kiss Goodnight, private eye detective. It's a nice little, it's it's a nice little way of
1: paying. It's a, a great match. run, yeah. You yeah. you, uh, your letterbox I've been kind of jealous of recently. There's been <laughs> you and and one other guy who I haven't I don't follow letterbox, but I follow on Twitter because it's like kind of one of my things. I'm going to try and do next year is be I'm I'm very kind of obsessive with being caught up on like everything that comes out so if you look at my letterbox I watch so many new movies and I just kind of got to a point this year where I was like I'm not really you shaking his head furiously I got to a point where I'm like I'm not really enjoying doing this as much anymore and I'm watching a lot of shit that I feel like I have to watch this is and I'm just
0: yeah this is as someone who works in content creation <laughs> this is how I feel. I feel like the more you're plugged in, the easier it is to get burnt out. And I come to the realisation that the moment that I'm watching something because I feel like I have to and not because I want to, that's a bad sign. Uh, I only want to watch stuff that I feel genuinely like, could exactly. drawn to. And classic cinema. Uh, I mean, like, stuff that I don't have any obligation to, like you just feel right. like watching yeah. it but, yeah. Yeah, but like stuff and, and... that stuff that i've missed from like like fucking
1: like the 70s and 60s exactly 50s, 40s, yes you know like, that's what i want to dive back into um and you were kind of watching like these shane black movies and uh a, a, a guy on twitter i was watching like loads of like canon movies and chuck norris movies and charles bronson just oh, such a guilty pleasure of mine and, and he was watching like a bunch of westerns as well and you and I, in private, have had many conversations about my aim to become a Western boy next year. Look, um, if, if if next
0: year can become the year of Westerns and We Love Dad movies, because yeah. my my dad was obsessed with movies. We've done one. Yeah. We've done one Western so far. Yeah. And it's because no one, and I, I hate to say it, folks, no one loves Westerns
1: like me. <laughs> You and partly for myself, I'm gonna become a Western boy because I think I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of them. Yeehaw! So enjoy the hell out of anything. Oh my I've god, seen. we're gonna to have to get a little like little cowboy drawings or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Big mustaches. I mean, West Western Western Wednesdays. <laughs> uh, we, you know what? I just want to watch movies I enjoy, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have we'll have we'll have John Woo's day and then uh, Western Wednesdays.
1: <laughs> Western Wednesdays. I like it. Yeah. We I mean, made a lot of episodes, but that's, that's your will be that's fun. your
0: patent, there, mate. That's your. I just can't wait to show you Pale Rider, which I feel Shall like. Should I just make that
1: my podcast? Uh, no, don't. <laughs> what <Western laughs> needs me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited oh. for it, but I I just like I was seeing you watch these movies, and I was seeing someone watch this, and I was seeing other people watch like a bunch of like Hong Kong martial arts movies, which is kind of a big thing I got into in lockdown, and I was just going. Why am I like obsessing myself with going? No, I can't watch that yet. I have to watch these new things that are out, and <laughs> then not really enjoying them. Yeah. And I'm really gonna try and break yeah. that habit next year because I just want to watch cool, fun shit and catch up on some classics that I missed. That's that's exactly where I'm aiming to go.
0: Yeah, totally. And like I, I felt a bit guilty the last month because loads of good stuff has come out, but because it's the Christmas season and <laughs> mental health ain't great. I'm also super busy and tired. I've not really yeah, had yeah. motivation to go at the cinema that much, so I've but missed you're doing out. It better, well, that's true. But like, I've I've missed out <laughs> on stuff that I really want to watch, like like Banshees and and Glass Onion and you know um, Decision to Leave the Menu. Yeah. Like, I wanted to go see. I all mean, of those admittedly, in the cinema. just
1: named three of my favorite movies. Yeah,
0: movie. like those are the ones that I wanted to go see. But like, I was just I've just been so wiped, um, which is a shame. But I will get to watch them next year. I think that's the thing. Is like for me, you know, I will. There's stuff that I want to watch, but, like, there's not... I'm never at the point now where I'm, like, this is new. I need to watch this. Like, I've been there and it's done that rare, when rarely. I had to do the MCU all the time, and that got so tedious and boring because it wasn't watching movies to enjoy them. It was watching movies to, like, you know, out-factoid people. Yeah, uh, and the in, way in Netflix work, which I don't now. And... Oh, totally.
1: Yeah, fully. It's It's... I just... I... I think sometimes when I get into it and I spend a whole week watching new movies, I kind of have weeks a little bit where I'm like less excited by them. And then I watch something like this. Like, I watch The Longest Goodnight. I watch The Last Boy Scout. I watch, you know, something like that. And I just go, fuck, I, I love movies so much. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. That, totally. I'm the same. Like, I, I feel like people, like, if you go out and seek the things that you enjoy and you want to watch and you enjoy them at your own pace. And it's for you that that is the best thing. That is the best way to go about it. Like it's the same for me with comics. Like there is so little of comics that I'm interested in that was published yeah. after 2010. Um, Something I dropped out of a while. Yeah. I haven't read a new so, comic in So so long. I tend to just stick around stuff that was published in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. I I have my yeah. own little niches that I like to operate within. i'm excited by and enjoy and And you have more to say when you delve into those niches totally exactly like i never want to feel as if there are people who who will do this and probably do get a lot of enjoyment out of collecting everything but i don't i would never i would never watch or read something i feel for the sake of it that's not something that i want to do because i have been there before yeah um that's where i've been a little bit now I'm very much of the mind now, especially with doing this podcast, which is a great excuse, you know,
1: very much of the opinion. Like, I just want to do the shit that I enjoy. And this yeah, is, and it's, yeah, one it's of why to kind of we've gone deep in our like movie watching habits. But this is why I'm kind of very I am very grateful that you've let me kind of be a part of a bunch of episodes of this because it's letting me just talk about shit that I love and it does very much bring this excitement back for me about talking about movies rather You're than great to talk <laughs> watching movies with watching shit on Netflix and then going into work and being like have you seen this crap that I watched <laughs> <laughs> nobody has
0: yeah totally and I'm like the long kiss goodnight is such a good it exemplifies so much of what we've been talking about in terms of like energy and you know having to seek something out buy it have it in your hands physically um, you know it's if it, 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 it it's it's magic like it's just such a fun movie you know we say in every episode they don't make them like they used to anymore and this is like this <laughs> is a don't. prime example um rennie harlan got he got the stuff he got the stuff man i've never i've never seen Cutthroat island and i feel like dogs will be like oh Cutthroat
1: island bad and i'm like i don't care like he was married to gina davis they can do whatever they want <laughs> i mean he still does <laughs> shit he's, he's yeah um, i believe he's like, been announced to direct a, a trilogy of movies for of the Strangers. The oh, franchise.
0: interesting. Oh, yeah, because he did do a Nightmare on Elm Street, didn't he? One of them, one of them, not the uh, original. He did do a sequel, so, maybe. Yeah, he did
1: four. He did four. I think he recently so. did, um, like an action movie with Pierce Brosnan in, too. Mm. The Misfits, I think it was called. I never, I've, I haven't heard of so many of them. Like, I don't think I've seen a lot of Renny Harlan movies, if, no. know, if I'm being honest. But you know what? I've seen Long Kiss, Goodnight. I've seen
0: uh, Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Um, so, you know. Fair
1: enough. Did he do... Did he do the movie that movie with Jackie Chan and Johnny Knoxville? What movie are you thinking Skip though? Trace. It's not good. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He directed not... Skip Trace? Yeah. I've not seen it, though. It's not great. you know, not it's, it's a lower tier Jackie Chan. Ah, oh, fair. Fair.
0: But, but I, again, nice. like, Long Kiss generally well-directed movie. The action in this is so good. Like, I feel like um, Last Boy Scout's action is fantastic. Obviously, it would be with Tony Scott behind the camera. Um, Lo- Long Kiss is a little bit more creative. I feel like whereas Last Boy, it's, it revels in the beauty, like this the simplistic beauty of some, like, you know, kind of gunfights. With Long Kiss, it's very much like how can we make the set pieces more elaborate? How can we get more creative? You know, whether that be yeah. Charlie being... Given awful like watermill torture and then coming out and shoot a dude in the head or using some christmas lights to like rapidly ascend and, and <laughs> light a guy up who then explodes in a massive bomb or whatever like it's just
1: there's a lot of good invention going on here and a it, lot it, of great yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's i mean you
1: that's kind of where we, like where we were talking about in the movie is that's she she kind of after the train station bit they abandon Brian Cox, don't they? She goes to find Before we go any further, I feel like
0: this is a perfect us moment because the only other person that I know who I think you've seen Sixteen Blocks, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. we we talked about this yesterday, right?
1: All I can think of when I see David Moores, I'm like Ah, sixteen blocks <laughs> Oh see I think of him as um I think of him as the like cop or he was a lawyer or something who was trying to take down house in the show house. He was like he was trying to catch him for his like drug addiction or some shit <laughs> he was
0: he was in the rock as well wasn't he
1: yeah i believe he is yeah he's, he's one he's, of the soldiers he, yeah he's
0: one of the guys who disobeys ed harris i feel he's ed, yeah he's one of ed yeah. harris's men yeah
1: yeah yeah released yeah. for a time he's he's good he's kind of a good little kind of actor who i don't know if i've ever seen him as the lead in anything i'm sure he is the lead in a bunch of stuff but um he's always you know dependable when he when he shows up and stuff um except in in this as a bit i kind of like because like, he's acting it really well but when they find him and he pretends he is charlie's slash samantha's uh fiance ex-fiance he he as a character is not convincing like i would be <laughs> like you, you you have not not seen me for eight years you're acting like i've just been to the shops
0: so. it's so funny because so basically at this point um Charlie slash Samantha stuff's coming back in bits and pieces and they go to the farm after kind of gazumping uh, Brian Cox and stealing his car and getting away because they think that you know he's a crazy person for saying that she was a former assassin. They go to this farm, they meet Luke and she's like, "Oh, I remember so many things about him. You know, I know what time he like gets up from bed. I know what he wears. I know all this. So clearly, you must have had some kind of history together. I know that um, he pees sitting down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so while they're hitting it off, um, Mitch gets ambushed by Big Brian again, and like he reveals, oh no, engaged like meant that he was he was a a target, you know." Like that's, yeah, that's... he's deadless. The target yeah, she's yeah. going for. So she's locked on. She's going to kill him, and then before she can do that, and before she can remember, they get ambushed again by Timothy and the boys. Right, yeah,
1: my handsome, handsome Craig Bierko. He's really hot in this movie.
0: <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous.
1: You know, he keeps saying about how like we recognize certain actors from certain things and stuff. I I hate that. My main thing when I see Craig Bierko is that he's the guy in Scary Movie Four. <laughs> I genuinely don't know if I've seen him in anything else you know I think he, I'm, he's he's in a bunch of stuff i, I nothing's kind of come to mind, but I've definitely seen him yeah in a few things. I don't think he was ever kind of a list or anything like that, but
0: no no i didn't. i genuinely have not seen him he's, oh, he's no no i've not no no just a long kiss good night that's all I've seen him in. From from looking on there. But yeah, after they after they get ambushed, um, they get taken to separate areas and the torturing begins. And uh it's not a fun time. It's not a fun time. It's one not. thing we need to talk about, we're gonna have to blast through the the, the last two acts of this movie. We, we've gone a big tangent. But, but um Mitch gets fucked up so much in this movie.
1: Yeah, he's like a <laughs> Vietnam vet in one scene.
0: <laughs> he's just getting fucked up. But yeah, they're getting tortured Um, Charlie ends up getting the upper hand on her torturer after Brian Cox is murdered by retrieving the pistol from his penis area. You know, some good foreshadowing. Some good foreshadowing. (laughs) She gets Luke, they escape. She fully embraces her Samantha identity. And I really love that torture scene because, uh, probably just a trick of the eye, I feel like each time she comes out from the water, Gina Davis has bigger arms. (laughs) (laughs) I, don't, I, I probably just complete making that up but I feel like each time she comes out more and more defiant she just looks oh, I, more and more I, I
1: will admittedly like when it happened I was like she's she's jacked yeah <laughs> that was my arms, first thought man. when she came out of the water yeah yeah. but after like, that in, they escape
0: with Mitch they go to some kind of city I don't know which city it is it's kind of Vegasy, but not um, uh,
1: a casino hotel fancy yeah, like, and, style hotel
0: yeah, she dyes her hair blonde. She reassumes her old identity. Starts
1: smoking. Starts doing everything. And Mitch is all like,
0: "What the fuck is going Charlie, on?"
1: Charlie Charlie's so unlikable that they they do kind of that to make you happy when the kind of Samantha side of her comes back because totally. she's such a bitch. Yeah, she's she's there like fully prepared to like just sleep with Mitch, and he's all there like, "Whoa, hey, what are you doing? You got a family." There's a really- there's a really great bit where they, they eventually leave and they're having a conversation and Mitch goes uh, like, oh, the thing I'm like wondering is, why am I so here? You don't need me. And she goes, yeah, you're right, I, I don't need you. And just pushes him out the car and sort of circles around before she picks him up. And there's um, there's a really great bit as, as uh, I think you mentioned this in your letterbox review, there's like a really good thing where Sam Jackson just lies in the road, just accepts what just happened, lights a cigarette as cars drive past him and just chills out for a oh, second
0: haven't haven't we all been there <laughs> i was i was have, there today haven't we all been there man oh it's beautiful that's a great scene <laughs> it's, it's really, great it's very relatable but then, then there's then a great she...
1: it's like disappointment and relief from mitch that he yeah. doesn't have to be involved in this at least he thinks that for thirty seconds.
0: Yeah. But then she comes back and she's like, Oh, we need money or whatever. Money to get out, I wanna leave the country and he ends up taking her back to her hometown in Pennsylvania, um, where they get ambushed again, but not before she can see her daughter and, her husband, yeah. uh, and a husband boyfriend. kid. oh my god, that was really funny. <laughs> um but like she's she's there kind of being like Ugh maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm the bad guy are we the baddies you know kind of having that moment in the movie <laughs> um you know they have a great great action sequence where they're chasing Mitch in the car and she picks up a pair of ice skates goes across the lake yeah, another clap um, moment and just brains several dudes in the car on these ice skates and it's so cool it's great
1: they're among my favorite moments in action movies where like the bad guy starts getting away or starts chasing someone and the main character just sees a thing and is like I'm going to use that thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that for me, I don't know why it's the one I always think of but like my favourite version of it, and you've done this movie on this podcast, is when John Malkovich uh, gets away in the fire engine at the end of Con Air and Nick, Nick Cage and John Cusack just kind of look at each other, look at two police motorcycles, just jump on and go. It's, it's my fi- one of my favourite moments in any action movie. Yeah,
0: fully. But yeah, we get that um Then we discover that they've kidnapped the kid. Timothy's kidnapped the kid, so they got to go and rescue the kid now. Um, His kid,
1: I think, is that revealed at
0: this point? That that is revealed just after this. It's revealed um, when. Ah no, actually, I think it is. I'm trying to think when it it is revealed. I feel like they they bring it up when she's been captured, being interrogated. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I
1: think I'm jumping ahead.
0: Spoilers. It's still fine. And, uh, you know, she's like, oh, Timothy, this is this is your child. And he's just a complete fucking asshole. He's like, ah, yeah. bring the bitch doesn't in. Care. Blah, doesn't care about him at all. Um, get that really cool sequence where she's, like, blowing people away with two, like, submachine guns as she, like, takes her out. Mitch is there covering with a rifle, but he also gets caught in a repeat of the bit from Lethal
1: Weapon where Riggs is covering <laughs> Murtaugh with a rifle. And I, get... I love that whole bit where um, she's oh no it's after this the the whole bit that comes on later where she's like covering him with the rifle oh yeah
0: yeah that's really cool
1: but yeah like
0: they're they're in there getting interrogated getting you know the plots revealed that the cia basically because the president is threatening to withhold them funding they're gonna orchestrate a false flag attack involving a massive um chemical weapon bomb thing um, to basically you know orchestrate terrorist attacks to increase funding for the CIA. you know and, yeah. and they cite the, the like 19 the, the earlier World Trade Center bombing as precedent for this and stuff and kind of a weird foreshadowing of 911 politics yeah. and security. Exterior, know it's comments. very salient. Um, that's not me putting my conspiratorial brain on by the way. I'm just saying that in terms of like the the paranoia and the investment in security and, and, and counterterrorism and all that is interesting to talk about. Um, but yeah, we get that Charlie's locked in the freezer with a child who has been given um, a toy doll by the, the guilt doll, ridden yeah. CIA chief um, that pisses. That pisses, and and Charlie's filled this up with gasoline. So when they're locked away in the freezer, she like manages to make a
1: little kind of explosive trail with the. I had, I had a really, I had a really dumb moment. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be full. I'm gonna fully confess this. Mm-hmm. She looks at the gasoline. She looks at the baby, and then. She's in the freezer. She carves a little bit out of the floor and kind of lets the baby piss the gasoline onto the floor and then lights it to kind of blow up the door. And I, for some reason, my brain never clicked that she was using... The gasoline and I was <laughs> I like, it "Was piss?" Is this? I was like, "Is this baby's piss flammable?" Like this, this is bad for children. <laughs> Fisher Price, go hard! <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Jesus Christ!" these need to recall him. And then I sort of clocked, and I was like, "I'm the dumbest person in the world." Yeah, but like
0: during it's during that moment where where Charlie embraces Samantha. You know, she they kind of merge in a way. Yeah, yeah she she comes to terms with you know. Like she she really wants to fight with her daughter do- for her daughter and you know, there's that great bit where before they get out, um and like she's sort of like that, that great moment with with a child where she's been lighting like she says oh, she says nonchalantly before she goes off with Mitch, like, keep a keep a candle going for me every day or something. Yeah. And she has a pocketbook of matches where she's been, you know, sincerely doing that. And uh, that great bit where they hug and then before the she lights the explosion, she's like, Should we get a dog? Let's um, get a dog. And and then comes out guns blazing and then rescues Mitch as well who's also being interrogated Um, more shootouts they're they're getting in the truck to deliver the bomb Um, during the the hysteria uh, the kid hides stows away on the truck uh, because they get ambushed Um, and then Mitch at this point because he goes flying out the house through, through a sign he's bloody beaten He's like, we need to get your daughter back. And he goes out there limping, just shooting like crazy, trying to get yeah. Gets trying to get in the
1: leg as well. I think he gets hit in the chest.
0: Reminds me as well. of another scene. It reminds me of another scene from another movie where a guy gets seriously messed up but keeps on shooting, and then just is like just gets completely destroyed. Uh, but he's still okay, obviously. But the, the interesting thing is that during that bit where he gets shot in the back. Um, the one thing that I didn't know is that originally um, he was meant to die in that scene. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm
1: glad he didn't.
0: And and test and apparently one of the test audience people were like, "You can't, you can't do that." So that's why he emerges later in the movie, just completely vomiting blood, yeah. driving the car <laughs> I like.
1: The, 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 I, yeah, I thinking a body cop movie like this, you don't want one. You don't want them to go. Even if it would make sense for his arc, I'm glad that they they didn't. Yeah, they it's, didn't it's, do that. It's a better move. It's a better move. Um. um yeah.
0: We we get after we've done that. They they they're chasing him down. We have that great bit where they shoot one of the other the other guys, and he's like, "I'm bleeding. I'm dying." And Timothy's like, "Continue dying. Continue dying." <laughs> I can't
1: do it justice on here. <laughs> no, it's it, everyone knows how good it is. It's it's a it's a really great line and it, it again just cements him being like a sadistic piece of shit that he doesn't care about his own kid, he doesn't care about his the woman he used to sleep with he doesn't care about his own men Like mm-hmm. he just, he he almost doesn't care about the mission no, he's just in it for the money, he doesn't care either way he's a proper mercenary, yeah he's there for the money and the chaos almost, yeah it's like the Joker, he burns yeah. the money yeah <laughs> Some some men just want to watch the world and their daughters burn. Yeah. So, anyway,
0: we, we meet back up with them. Mitch is in, uh, not in the car yet, but they get, they get there. Um, and Charlie frees her daughter from the truck, but Timothy shows up in his helicopter, starts blasting away. And we have that great bit where they're fighting over, like, because this is in Niagara Falls, isn't it? Uh, and they're, they're fighting over, like... Some kind of—I don't even know what you'd call it, like a viaduct, like something—a uh, big hole, a big hole with water gushing down <laughs> it. And they're fighting through here, and Charlie manages to get the upper hand and 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 launch Timothy down like Darth Maul and the Fat and Menace. But he yeah, gets spat just, out and then no. gets
1: picked up again. <laughs> it's um, it, yeah, it, it's it's a really good, it's a really good fun final sequence that has so many fun little moments. It kind of looks good effects-wise, too.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. I um, The thing that the thing that I always get is that when he comes back up out of the helicopter and he's trying to kill Charlie, the bomb's about to go off. Um, and he... It's just so good. Earlier when she's about to be, you know, she thinks she's... Gonna, well, he thinks that he's going to kill her in the freezer and he's like, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die screaming asshole or something like that. And then during this bit... Before this moment, where the confrontation on the bridge, a thug or henchman has already died and he's like caught in some light wires with his submachine gun. Yeah. And to get to where Timothy is on his helicopter, she like cuts a bit of the wire, ascends rapidly, steals the flaming corpse's submachine gun, (laughs) shoots screaming. It's so cool. And then. He fucking gets riddled falls onto the gas tank and she's like die screaming and then after they get away after Mitch heroically shows up and we have that emotional bit with the daughter and she comes back, she can't leave her mum alone can't leave her to die they all get away then the <laughs> the world's biggest explosion happens yeah. it's the best time I think
1: ever. good thing of when I was watching it that goes harder was a movie I've already referenced about 10 minutes ago um uh, which is um, at the end of Con Air, the way Cyrus the mm. Virus goes out. There's like six things that happen to him in that. And this is like one step off. True, it. True Lies also True, has yeah, a great. Yeah. If we're
0: talking about 90s spy movies, True Lies it's, also it's, has a great one. It's like when I o. just love the ex-
1: naked gun. <laughs> it's, so, it's so over the top. I love it so much.
0: Yeah, but the, the explosion in this thing is a thing of beauty. It just goes on <laughs> and on. That's how we like them. And on. Mitch is vomiting
1: at blood while he's driving. <laughs>
0: like, it's just... Oh, man. It's great. What a movie. And they all get away and live happily yeah, ever after. Yeah, very,
1: very classic ending that is earned.
0: Yes, fully. We get to see Samantha with with perfect fiancé and child and dog in this lovely remote farm town. And then Mitch is going on Larry King. <laughs>
1: to I laughed a lot of Larry to King To talk about...
0: To talk about is it's like, oh, uh, you know, if I could be earnest for you, uh, or I could, can I be earnest if I, if with you? Frankly, it might like, be
1: earnest or something like that,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, in, in Chicago, I'm Frank, and New York, <laughs> yeah, I'm earnest we fucked that line up, yeah, it's great, like completely butchered it. That's that's all consuming podcasts is, is just reconsuming the movie, but in a worse, yeah. inferior fashion, it's telling
1: you a movie you could watch, but like half as good and partly wrong. Yeah,
0: exactly. People just want to hang out with yeah, the boys. That's, that's all they want. want to do. Just want to hang out with the boys. But yeah, long kiss, good night. Great, great movie. movie. I do think, I do think that Last Boy Scout is better by a hairs. I might width. like this a little more. I want to be you honest. I like it. See, I, I, yeah, I. It's it's great. Like it's truly wonderful, and it fully deserves to be recognized as an action movie Christmas banger. um it has got a big cult following but it needs to be bigger <laughs> join the cult of the long kiss goodnight the long the, the long the cult the, ki- goodnight. the kisses, you know yeah they almost yeah, made a sequel the... apparently yes yeah i did hear about this yeah but it never i'm fine it's with such... it just being i think Battle it works like as a nice little works works as a nice little one and done it does i don't think know? it
1: needed a sequel if, if i'm being honest but yeah it was great and i thank you for introducing it to me
0: anytime i'm glad to <laughs> Not broaden your palette but introduce little gems that you may have missed. <laughs> little,
1: little, little gems. Yeah, we got to get the little gems out of the way before Western Wednesdays. So,
0: mm-hmm. and then, and then John Woo's day.
1: John <laughs> Have you done any what John Woo yet?
0: No, I'm saving Hard Target for something big. I am the king of them. Saving it for something big. I can't just have an episode be Hard Target. Hard Target needs to have its own like. It needs its own, yeah. It needs its own entrance music. It needs its own like introduction because Hard is Target why... is a
1: is a legacy. It this is, is the... why I love John yeah. Woo because he has so many different movies that people can have those reactions to. Like, <laughs> I I love Hard Target. Don't get me wrong, but that's how I feel about Face Off. Mm,
0: yeah. Well, it's to be my fair, favorite nineties like, action movie. It's so funny that Broken Arrow is like above face off for me since i watched it
1: this year i need well. to rewatch broken arrow i haven't watched it in a long time mate I love did you face see so much.
0: um jackson Burr on, on twitter shared that that clip of scream 2 where dewey and gale's yes. team is uh, mind Zimmer. blown yeah yeah mind blown
1: the king mind blown yeah <laughs> that's what i mean and he's like he, he, he his, i mean hard-boiled a oh, hard-boiled beautiful Got hot needs a Blu-ray release in the UK. I still so.
0: haven't seen The Killer either, man.
1: Uh, neither have I. And yeah. he's re- he's remaking that. He- he's yeah. oh. directing a remake. Oh wow! With uh, yeah. I believe it's Omar Sy in the well, lead role. They need to get on these Blu-rays. You
0: are totally right because they're impossible to track down. You can't find The Killer anywhere online either on fairly. Yeah, sure. you.
1: I mean, there was th- like this was only on Blu-ray. The Killer, mm-hmm. the one I've been maddest about is uh, there's like nowhere that True Lies is available. Shit. I watched that the on stream in the other year, but yeah, that's that was the other year, and it not a right now. Years back, when I went on a big Arnold binge, and that was the movie I had to pirate, basically. but don't don't arrest me, please. But I had to pirate it because it was the only place I could find it. It wasn't available to rent anywhere. No. There was no Blu-ray. I think there was like possibly a DVD, like a second-hand DVD. Weird. But Weird. I, I, I was I wasn't gonna buy that.
0: Weird. I hate I hate this. I hate. I hate favorite things Oh wow, that's a shout! Is
1: that that's is shout. that a big statement?
0: But I will let you have your opinion.
1: Is that is that controversial? Oh,
0: True True as the best Arnie movie. Not that I, I think it's my favorite as, Arnie movie. I'm coming off as a narc now. You can have that. What am I doing? It's, we love dad movies. <laughs> I mean, it's like maybe dad tied dad
1: with it's maybe tied with Terminator 2. But mm. I I really adore True Lies. I have such a soft spot for that movie.
0: But yeah, long kiss good night. Dan Greener's hot take is it's a good hash i IMO. That's, yeah. that's that's it's good. It's
1: Come good. at me Twitter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the long kiss good shite, but...
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the long it's, kiss it's, it's
0: alright. <laughs> I can't I've not got any more in me. But... Uh, I mean, two two were good. They were good. Yeah. yeah, well yeah. But yeah, this has been the long kiss good night and thus marks the end of Shane Black season for Wheel of Dad Movies Um, thank you all for joining us for this special themed month and for all of 2022 as well Um, I'm really happy with how this has turned out Um, you know it's a little fun thing for me at the end of the day but I'm happy to see that it's getting a little bit of a wee audience Um, and a happy Shane year to all Exactly, and a happy train Year to all. I've got some cool things planned for next year. I will be taking a month off in January because I'm not going to be able to do any recording over the next couple of weeks, but when we come back in February, I promise you the podcast is going to be bigger, sexier, louder, better, gooder than ever before. <laughs> With um, even more half-recited lines. Exactly, even more. That's my pledge to you, dear listeners, that I will butcher more one-liner quotes than ever. Yeah. and we to get, get so many names wrong and i'm gonna get the alien ant farm movies vin diesel mashup <laughs> going just so i can get it in there but yeah long kiss good night great time and thank you all for joining us this year uh before we go i want to give a quick shout out to my patrons as well thank you to george jackson thomas mulgrew and josh brown thank you so much for pledging it means a lot remember you can follow the wheel of dad babies podcast on twitter at twitter.com forward slash Will of Dad Movies. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Ewan Ruins Things. I'm also on Letterboxd and Instagram. I'm not that hard to track down. I'm not going to bother repeating my thing.
1: Uh, Dan, where can they follow you? Uh, Also on Twitter, at uh, DanGreamer92, G-R-I-M-A. And then I'm just DanGreamer on Letterboxd.
0: Cool. But yeah, this has been the Will of Dad Movies podcast and I will see you next year. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.